this is Brooklyn Mike of TBMSRadio.com. Join me and my great co-host, DJ Scott West, on the Brooklyn Beef Podcast. This will be a series of podcast topics in dealing with the stupidity and disrespect in people, politics, situations, processes, or anything that just really pisses us off. This will be a great podcast series that can be accessed on any of your favorite podcast platforms. So please subscribe to our podcast shows right now on tbmsradio.com and join in on our Facebook group page discussions by liking our Facebook group, The Brooklyn Beef. And welcome to the Brooklyn Beef. This is Brooklyn Mike from TBMSRadio.com. And uh, we are diving back into our podcast series, The Brooklyn Beef. And with me today is DJ Scott West, my brother from another mother and good friend. Hello, Scott. Hello, Mike. How are you doing today, buddy? We are doing good. How about yourself? Doing well. Having a great time. It's a little chilly down here in the mid-Atlantic area. And that's kind of cool up your way, too. Yeah, sure is. We had a little bit of snow, and uh, that's the least of my Brooklyn beef. So <laughs> yeah. we can't, no one can do anything about the weather. So we're not going to beef about that a that, whole lot. That's right. Um, so let's, let's talk politics for a second. I, I know last time we had been doing Brooklyn beef episodes, things had been kind of uh, boiling reaching a boiling point up your way in the geneva area yes it has what's 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 going on with that lately well uh you know as we mentioned before in several podcasts you know we have uh several of the uh city council people that are uh, leaning in the uh, communist area and unfortunately uh the cancel culture is big um the politics is real the games are, people playing are real. And uh, the most severe is, uh, you know, they find a, an, an activist such as myself. They want you to do all the dirty work. And then they cancel you. And then they look at you and say, he's the nut. Um, and that's even on our own side. People on our own side that want you to do the dirty work. And then they can't, they use the left's uh tactics by by canceling you out themselves because i guess they don't want to feel caught in the um you know that they are afraid of doing the things that uh are are right and wrong um it's not about uh politics anymore it's not a, or rather it's not about the party anymore it's about what's right and what's wrong so, uh, so I think that's uh, that's an issue. That's also an, another issue that keeps coming up. You know, it's interesting. There seems to be a national debate. Some people, now I listen to a lot of conservative talk show people, um, Dan Bongino, Wendy Bell Radio, uh, Dinesh D'Souza, folks like that. I watch a lot of T Tucker Carlson Tonight videos. Um, and like you said, it, it, what it's boiling down to is not so much between conservative and liberal and or Republican and Democratic. 
it's boiling down to right and wrong. Right. And, you know, it's funny that, uh, you know, I get it that we have people on both sides that are far, very far right Mm -hmm. and very, very far left. Right. Um, You know, there's no more in the middle. And when you see things going wrong from either side, either far right or far left, they seem to cancel you even if they're in the right. Let's say they're in the right. They're both on the right. And the far right and the right. Mediocre right, doesn't matter. But if you do something, your own side seems to cancel you out. Well, and you've experienced this. I mean, what you try to do is you try to help groups, try to turn things around. You see a problem, you try to fix it. And then once the problem is fixed or they think it's fixed, then all of a sudden they don't want you around anymore because you're going to push them to do something that they don't feel comfortable doing or because you have upset their balance, what they see as what the balance should be, even though it's still bad, it's still wrong, it's incomplete, it's not fixed, but they say, oh, well, you've corrected the immediate problem. We're going to worry about everything else later down the road. Correct. And it's funny that, uh, you know, they use the excuse, well, you're not from here. Well, it doesn't matter. You can love a place. Oh, yeah. Whether you're born there or not. It's, it's, Uh, it's, again, goes back to what's right and what's wrong. Absolutely. I mean, if something's broken and you see it's broken, you don't have to be from that area to try to fix the problem. Right. But, uh, and uh, we have this problem down here too. Oh, well, this is the way it's always been done. Right. And you know, change is a, change is a scary thing to a lot of people. Exactly. And you know, Scott, you know, my background, engineer, aeronautical engineer, working for big corporations like IBM, Lockheed Martin, uh, Saab Defense and Security. And uh, these people never seen me in that light. So they think I'm a jamoke that just walks around the street looking for problems. Right. And, you know, none of these people look at the look at the background or see the background and put any weight in that. And they turn around and, and it's like, wait a minute, you know, before before I knew you guys, I used to be highly respected. And, you, you know, with the cancel culture, you, you're just not respected at all. Oh, absolutely. You know? Well, you know, and the one thing about cancel culture, the only reason it works is if you let yourself be canceled. Funny you should say you can't mention cancel culture. One of the Tucker Carlson interviews I watched last, literally last night, he was talking to Kid Rock. And now Kid Rock's got a lot of money. He's got tons of money. So he doesn't have to worry about where his next paycheck is coming from. And he really doesn't care. <laughs> you know, he doesn't. And that right there is exactly where I was going with it. Kid Rock can say whatever he wants and he doesn't care about cancel culture. So he can't be canceled. He doesn't care. He's not beholden to any large corporations. He's not owned by any record labels. He can say what he wants, produce what he wants, put out the albums he wants, because he's doing it under his own label. Right. 
And just like your radio station, tbmsradio.com, you're not beholden to anyone. You own, you and Lisa own the radio station. No one owns you. We don't have advertisers here, so we don't have someone saying, oh, well, we're going to pull our advertising because we don't like what you're saying. You know, it's funny because I've gotten to that point where, you know, people want to talk about me. Hey, I look in the mirror and I'm fine with what I see. That's all that matters. Um, and and That's I and absolutely I absolutely all that matters. And I don't care anymore what people think of me. I know the difference between right and wrong. And and I will continue my fight of what's right and what's wrong. And it's funny cuz I talked to the, talked about this with Lisa yesterday and said, you know, um back in 2014 I really didn't care much about talking about politics or religion i have my two of us i have my faith i have a strong faith uh do i go to church every every sunday no i don't Uh, but i have a strong faith it's what's inside me that matters not the the uh, uh uh the fact that uh i go to a physical location to practice my faith right I got a Bible in just about every room. And I don't, you know, I don't need to go somewhere to practice my faith or give somebody the, uh, the, the look. Because my father always told me, you know, you want to find some, some uh, hypocrites, go to church. You want to find a lot of hypocrites, go to church. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right? So, so I'm happy with who I am. And I'm happy with, I, I know the difference between right and wrong. So... You know, I've gotten to the point where I don't care what people think. And when there is those kinds of uh, situations going on about cancel culture or trying to cancel me, then I just walk away. I'm fine with walking away. Do I stop my fight? No, I'll, I'll do my fight, whether it's through this podcast or through some other media. I will continue. I will vote for the right people that I feel comfortable with. And since 2014, like I said, I didn't talk about religion or politics. Uh, I don't care to talk about politics with anybody else either at this point, uh, unless I know that they have a, um, a, a similar uh, belief or they, they know the difference between what right and wrong. But it seems like today, no matter who you talk to, uh, you, you know, if you're a, a Trump supporter, you know, you'll be canceled just for that. And I think you brought up something important right there. Can can we go back to that for a real sure, quick second? Sure. You said that, and that's, I, I think it's kind of a, a, a something that people need to be careful of. Talking with only people that are like-minded, people that have the same thought process only as you. And that is, I get it. It makes it a whole lot easier, but at the same time, um, we would be we would be better served, I think, if we could talk to people as long as we know they will talk with us and not try to force their belief on us. Exactly. You and I you and I see eye to eye on a lot of things. However, we do have some differences. Right. And we're still friends. We still are able to Absolutely. discuss them. Uh we're able to talk about it. And that goes to old school. Like you know what happened to the to the uh, Kennedy type 
of Democrats, po- Democrat, of politician. You can, so long gone. Yeah. So you can't have a discussion with someone on the far left or on the left without being crucified or without them calling you a racist because you don't have a belief. And the, the again, we you know we said this once before in one of the podcasts. The word racist has come out so much that it's lost its meaning. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that radical far left. I don't want to say liberal so much, but it's it's a radical leftist socialist agenda. Right. That has just overtaken, I mean completely subverted the Democratic Party. And they it's 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 almost a cultural thing where you want you you're going to scream as loud as you can for as long as you can to get as much attention because you know by screaming and yelling and making noise you're going to drown out everybody else who's just tired of listening to you right. and eventually you kind of just you beat them into submission because they will do whatever they can just to get you to shut up eventually right and and since you bring up the word socialistic Look what's happening all around the world. Look what's happening with our economy. Look what's happening. You know, uh, you know, we didn't have Bernie Sanders because he was too far left. But where, where the hell are we going? Oh, absolutely. How, how, how is someone like Ilhan Omar in office? Yeah, I don't know. How is someone like, um, oh, shoot, she's a, lady, she's a senator or a congressperson from Washington State, Jayapal something or another. Yeah. Uh, how the, I mean the squad. Yeah, the squad. I mean, let's look at the squad in Congress. They, how are any of them? Uh, AOC. Hello, hello, New York. You know, we we the, are the people in the city elected her. Right. What the? Well, were they thinking? You know, it's funny because uh, you know since the election, since the last election, uh, the Dems continuously redistrict the areas. So they redistrict you in such a way like they slammed us, which was highly conservative Republican in this area that that, you know, not in the city where I live, right. but in in the area, it's mm-hmm. there's more Republicans. But then what they did was when they redistrict us, they redistrict us with Ithaca, which is incredibly liberal far left. Oh, wow. So what does that do? To your votes. It, it cancels out. It balances out. The- right. So then you say, well, how did somebody like Omar get into office? Well, that's why. Because yeah. they they continuously, when they have the opportunities to redistrict. Right. It's the gerrymandering. Yeah. It's the mandering, gerrymandering that causes that that swing. And sadly, both sides do it. The Republicans oh, do absolutely. it. The Democrats do it. Absolutely. And they need to just stop. They right. need to go back to what the original lines were back in the day. Pick, you know, pick a date. What were the lines? Let's, you know, even out the population. Let's do it. So it's populationally evenly distributed. Quit worrying about what the politics of those people are. Just do it on a population number. Um, and then the chips will fall where they may. And this is far-fetched, but you, you continue to do this, and what happens is people move, and where do they move? They move to areas that they can be with people like them. 
Yes, like-minded folks. So then you have a divided country, a severely divided country. Well, we, and we have, I mean, look at the red states. The blue states are losing population. Yeah. And, you know, you lose a couple hundred thousand people a year. You're not losing millions and millions a year, but you lose a couple hundred thousand people a year. Or maybe you have a 10,000 person population net loss for a calendar year. Okay, 10,000 people in a state of 1.2 million people. Not horrible, but how many businesses does that impact? Correct. When those when when you lose more bodies than you bring in, that revenue is gone permanently. Absolutely. That revenue is gone. So businesses are now getting hit harder and harder, which means they're not able to bring on as many employees, which means they're having a tougher time staying open. And when you add to that things like what our government did during Corona lockdowns, where they were paying people to stay home. <laughs> And then all of a sudden businesses started opening. They couldn't find anybody because the government was still paying people to stay home. And what happens to the people who stay, the residents, their taxes go up. Absolutely. Because all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, we have this budget shortfall. We've got to raise everybody's taxes. So we have enough money just to operate. Right. So there you go. It's making it almost impossible to survive. Because taxes are yep. going up, inflation's going up. I saw something today, uh, California, eight ninety nine for a gallon of milk. Eight dollars and ninety nine cents for a gallon of Some milk. Some place in California had milk for eight ninety nine. Where have we got you know, it's cheaper to go to uh the farm and buy a cow. It's cheaper to go to a farm and get your own milk from the cow. Right. <laughs> so you know, and it's going to get to the point where we're going to be going to the farm and milking our well, own cow. And and honestly, but that and that brings to light another issue is with processes. Dairy farmers aren't making that eight ninety nine per gallon. Right. They're barely making enough money to scrape by because all their milk goes to a distributor or to a processor. The processor then does what they do where you get your regular milk, your low-fat milk, your skim milk, and whatever else you get. And then they turn it into other dairy products as well, butter, cream, whatever. But those processors then send it to distributors, and the distributors make a ton of money. Well, so everyone in that process increases the price. Mm-hmm. So- Plus, you've got to look at how they're sorry i'm but what you're saying is that and 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 what i'm getting also is that every person or every individual in that process has to make money well they allegedly have to make money i mean the problem is they're trying to maximize their profit right on the back of the farmer and the consumer They're like, oh, well, we'll just raise our prices a little bit. Okay, now let's look at transporting all this stuff. Well, the guys who do the transporting, their costs have gone up substantially. Look where the gas is. Yeah, diesel fuel to run the trucks. Yeah, and let's buy it from a country such as Russia. Oh, yeah, let's let's buy our... Here's what kills me. We have more natural gas under our country and oil under parts of our country than just about anywhere in the world. I think we're the third. Well, we could be the third largest producer well, in the world. Let's not do that because it's bad for the environment. 
even though we we have the safest processes for extracting that stuff because of all of our government regulation right but it's our it's, work even it, though it's dangerous and it's one of the the most dangerous jobs in the world are roughnecks yeah. i mean extracting oil from the earth is not a safe dainty job it's not it's not for it's not for the faint of heart but that's you know for what sure. what they don't tell you right they 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 they've raised the prices of gas to you know there's places at 8 7 8 dollars a gallon right and they're forcing you to buy an electric car that cost you 50,000 60,000 60, right but they don't tell you that when that battery in that car is expired what is the disposition of that battery and how well is that for our environment? Oh yeah. And let's look at what the battery is made of. It's I mean all the the lithium and all that stuff. Where's that mine from? Oh, let's see. Uh Afghanistan, Russia, China. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Mostly who's, China. Who's making money here? Yeah. Now, and apparently lithium is one of those or there are some of those minerals rare earth minerals that Afghanistan is rich in. Right. And we left it. Right. And guess who came in right behind us? The Chinese. Mm -hmm. Who is, happens to be friends with Russia. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the Chinese and the Russians have been doing all kinds of agreements and trade agreements. And, you know, when the world started saying, well, we're not going to buy Russian oil, China said, we'll take it all. We'll, we'll absolutely buy whatever they can send us. All during a time that we have a weak president. Well, let's look at who he's in bed with, too. Yeah, well. Let's look at his financial <laughs> ties. Let's look at his family ties. I mean, right now we have more corruption in our government. The Biden family, the um, Clinton family. Not so much the Obamas, but he just he just hates America, from what I can tell. Yeah, yeah. But the the families, though, the the Clintons and the Bidens, because of their business dealings and their foundations, and where they've taken money from and what they've taken money for, I'm sorry. How the fact how they are how some of them are not in jail just. I know. My mind. And I believe the Obamas are just as much involved as and heavily uh, controlling the country, but they're not as open as the others. I believe they're more well, secretive I, I, in, in dealing. I, I with don't know. I, I no. I, I think he, I mean, he was a community activist. Mm -hmm. He started out as a community activist for a, a neighborhood and then he got elected to senator for literally i think one term and then he got elevated to president they the democratic party said here's the guy we're gonna run there's a there's a lot going on behind the scenes oh yeah someone someone somewhere said he's our guy let's groom him and let's get him up and let's get him on board and he said oh yeah i'm on board with this well they did the same with uh biden I mean, let's, he's well, the, the guy, <laughs> he's the guy because we can control him. Exactly. And when, when you look at videos of when he ran Senate judiciary hearings back in the day, I mean, they're making all this big noise about the, the latest 
candidate for the Supreme Court as the first African-American female, well, there were going to be at least two others back in the, I want to say the 80s, 90s. And Joe Biden, who was on the Senate Judiciary Committee, I think he was the head of it, he flat out filibustered him. He yeah. said, no, I'm, I'm not, I don't want these candidates. Black, female, justices, judges who were conservative. Right. And that's why he said no. Right. Because they were conservative. Exactly. They were smart. They had pulled themselves up from, you know, literally the dirt. They were raised in poverty. They made names for themselves by doing right by their communities by elevating themselves, by working hard. I mean, they were they were literally what you would want as a poster child for what you want your daughter to do. They were smart. They were strong. They didn't take anything from anybody. But yet, Joe Biden said, no, I don't want this candidate. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, this this party that he's part of, and people seem to forget that the KKK started from the Democratic Party. <gasps> no. Yeah. So <laughs> any anytime anytime you know a group a a a what's identified as a minority group says, "Oh no, I vote Democrat because they care." No, they don't. They never have, and right. they never will. They just pretend to, and they keep saying loudly that they do, even though they don't. That's why uh, we got rid of all the uh, President Lincoln statues and stuff like that, because, you know, he was so much yeah. into slavery. And, and, and statues. <laughs> There's a whole other thing. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if you're triggered by a statue. Yeah. Hello. You're a Karen. Wow. And <laughs> oh, you're beyond that. You're beyond the Karen. You are beyond that. Wow. Yeah, let's get rid of the uh the the uh, uh Confederate flag too, you know. The, the, well, let's get rid of our history. Let's yeah. Because yeah. because you know, if we get rid of the history and the new kids coming through school, we don't teach them about the new history. We just want to teach them about where we want to go. Not yeah, we don't history. teach them about where we were or what happened, the good, the bad, and the ugly in our history. What happened to, let's learn from her past. Right. Let's not make that happen again, which then goes back to the socialistic agenda. Let's make our country socialist, which we already know by history that we're eliminating, that socialism doesn't work. It also ties into what they call the Great Reset. Ah, there we go. The is that Great what, Reset. What does that button look like? Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, easy button at Staples. Yeah, yeah. That's what they think it is. <laughs> well, yeah. And they think that if they can just erase our nation's history from the past 200 some odd years and start at year zero, well, then we'll just do what we want to do going forward. Well, you kind of can't because what's going on in various countries, like the whole Ukraine-Russia thing going on right now, there is so much propaganda from both sides going on. You know, I, I know. And, and you know, what I, what I support and what I feel sorry for, maybe not support, but what I feel sorry for are the innocent women, children, and men that are being killed 
Yeah, on both sides. On both sides. That it's it, it, all this is for the people who are in charge and who are on the upper echelons of Russia, China, and the U.S. The oligarchs, the elite. Oligar- you know, um, I, and I've heard stories that, you know, that possibly, you know, and I don't know what is true. You, it's almost, you got to go through and be a scientist to weed through all the evidence and discussions and stuff like this. That, you know, Russia had a, a, a the reason why Russia um, attacked Ukraine was because of the ties between us, the U.S., and Ukraine. And the bio labs, the bio labs, and this and, and that. There, there was actually a Senate hearing, and I watched, I watched the video footage of this hearing. And Marco Rubio asked the Undersecretary of Ukraine. He asked her point blank. Now he was toward the end of his five minutes or ten minutes or whatever amount of time he had, and he wasn't really expecting this answer. But he asked her. He said, "So, are there bio weapons in Ukraine? Do we have bio weapons in Ukraine?" Her response, and this is what blew him away and blew a lot of people away because a lot of folks hadn't said anything or had hesitated reporting on this because it sounded like, you know, tin tin foil hat kind of stuff. But the undersecretary of Ukraine said, Senator, we have several bio research facilities in Ukraine and we are actually very concerned that the Russians could gain control of them. Hmm. So, you know, did he have and, did he have a good reason to to occupy and attack Ukraine? He might have. Who knows? We don't know. There's a exactly. lot. Exactly. I mean, well, and, and that goes back to you know there are stories that people in Ukraine around these bio labs, the areas right around the bio labs, we're experiencing outbreaks of this or outbreaks of that or outbreaks of stuff they hadn't seen in forever or just numbers that they shouldn't be seeing of any one particular thing except right around that bio research facility. And and who who uh, potentially is involved in those bio research? Well, they're all funded by the U.S. There you go. They're all funded. I by, would like to follow the money and see if maybe even oh, Fauci yeah. is involved in that, you know, just like he was um, in the China. He may not be so involved in the ones in Ukraine. That's actually, and there, a lot of people are following the money. And what they're finding is that that's where the Bidens come in. There you go. Because Hunter Biden is a board member of some company that procured or secured millions of dollars for these bioresearch facilities through DOD, through non-government organizations, through whatever. And of course, he made a very, very generous commission on hooking up all these funding sources with the labs. And of course, a percentage of what he made goes right to his father. Right. Which is illegal, Let, which look. is means our president is compromised, which means there's national security issues. And of course, the mainstream media isn't going to talk about that. They're right. not going to say anything about that. And that's because why because they they're getting funding directly from the federal government. And that's why the Brooklyn beef uh, we will say and we'll just lay it out of how we feel. These are our opinions based on what we've seen 
and heard. Yeah, think things that we've researched. Research. I mean, I've I can I can come up with some resources. I can come up with some places where I've gotten my information. You know, when you when you've got videos, a videotape of a reporter allegedly in the war zone with a floor full of corpses covered by tarps behind him. And then a couple of the corpses start moving because the tarps have shifted and they're trying to pull the tarps back <laughs> over themselves. Really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? But folks, honestly, take a look around you and, and, and look at who's making the money. The Bidens. Oh, uh, absolutely. And the, guess the Bidens, what? The Bidens, the, the Pelosi's, the Schumer's, these... And you know the, there are so many things. And, why why can members of Congress trade stocks? Right. And, and and Pelosi was so much against not doing that. Right. She wants she oh, yeah. wants to be able to trade stocks because oh she wants to be able to do insider trading because Absolutely. she knows the decisions that her and her cronies make does affect the the market. So all yep. these people in Congress are getting richer and richer and richer. And you guys mm -hmm. and folks, ladies and gentlemen, you guys are all getting poorer and poorer and poorer, including. How can, how can someone come out, even if they've been doing this job for 40 years, how can they come out of a $160,000 a year job as a multimillionaire? Uh, there you go. Now, how many of you, I, you know, all of anybody who listens to this podcast I challenge you to get me a photograph of Joe Biden or one of his kids going to a gas pump and pumping the gas themselves and taking out money out of their pocket to pay for it. They don't do it. They are not feel they're not feeling a damn thing of this inflation and what they're doing. But we are. So Most senators, representatives, delegates, and the resident commissioner from Puerto Rico make a salary of $174,000 per year. Speaker of the House, Pelosi, makes $223,500 per year. The Senate majority leaders and minority leaders in the House and Senate make one ninety three four. So if you're in a leadership position in Congress, the, the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, whoever's in that position, is making over 200000 a year. Okay. It, depending on where in California she's from, or depending on where the Speaker is from, what state they're from, what part of that state they're from, okay. If they are good at saving, I can see how they could come out a millionaire. Not a multi-multi-millionaire, but a millionaire. Scott. After 40 years in Congress. But, I'm sorry. $174,000 a year for a senator or congressman who's just second term, third term, fifth term, 10th term, but they have a net worth of $60 million. Yeah. Impossible. Uh, you know, Scott, yeah, I worked with some of the largest corporations in the world. I made six figures. I'm no, <laughs> I am nowhere near a millionaire, a single millionaire. Right. I'm I'm actually in the poverty level. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and most you know, a lot of us are living paycheck to paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, it's I impossible it. if you're paying mm -hmm. for what 
we're paying for gas, inflation, this and that. These people, there's no way unless they're making something else. Their income is coming from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Lobbyists, other members of, uh, of other countries to make certain decisions. There's where the extra money is. Follow the money. You'll find the problem. Absolutely. And you know, that works. Uh, Michael Francis, we talked about him on our show. Uh, he is a, uh, capo, uh, from the mafia. Um, he mentioned, and he's changed his life completely. He's gone now totally 100% to the good, legitimate business. He said that our government is running like the mob did or like the mob worse, does. Worse than the mob, and worse, honestly. And worse. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because you and I were talking um, during a music set Sunday morning, and you said Michael had plenty of solutions yeah. for our government where we could turn the economy around literally within a couple of months. But the problem is they don't want that. Every exactly. single thing that's happening in this country is by design. They're doing it because there is an end goal and they need everything in this country to be as bad as it possibly could be so that they can come in and try to save the and, country. All and the same. government, the government doesn't want you know, to know what Mike, people like Michael Francis has to say. No, they don't want you to know that because they're operating, you know, and, and let's take, let's look at the mob. The mob used to take money from the government. They try to take money from the government in some of their some of their uh, ventures. Right. The government is taking money from us, the people. So, yeah. you know, when when I used to walk walk the neighborhood in Brooklyn, I felt safe, felt safe, because these guys weren't after me. These guys were after themselves, and they're, it's all about business. It's not a not, nothing personal. The government, it's about us it's the it's it is about personal it's their personal gains that they're looking for right not ours they're not interested in our well-being or our country's well-being and and again you know am i a trump supporter and i'll say it for the record yes i am would i let him date my daughter probably not did i like how he presented himself sometimes in public Probably not, but you know what? That's him, and that's who he is, and it was his policies that made our country the best it's ever been. Oh, absolutely, and it's funny how when Biden first started, Jen Psaki, the press secretary, kept saying, well, the last administration left us in a really bad shape. No, we were actually in really good shape economically, I mean, uh, right up until 20, 2019, 2019, 20, the tail end of 2019, beginning of 2020, when coronavirus hit. And, and initially, that first few weeks, yeah, every, everybody was like, okay, cool, we, we got to do this to, let's try to nip this in the bud. But then all of a sudden, when governors started with their emergency proclamations and all of a sudden federal mandates kicked in, all of a sudden you could see there's really no use of common sense here. This is a control thing. And that's when it started becoming apparent that, 
okay, while yes, there's this coronavirus going around and it's deadly, when you start looking at just the numbers, statistics, so much of what was done in 2020 and 2021 did not have to be done. Exactly. Now, take a look at how many of you wearing masks today? You know, we have a war and all of a sudden you didn't hear much about the uh, coronavirus or its uh, variants. And all of a sudden, all these states started, including New York and California, started raising their mandates for wearing a mask. Yeah, all of a sudden it's amazing. Mandates. All you yeah. needed was a war to take the mask off because now we got something else that we have to deal with. Yeah, well, we're supposed we're supposed to be focused on, yeah. and we're su- we're supposed to be aligned with Ukraine, and we're supposed to be against Russia. Right. Again, it, it, who is making this a national issue or a racist issue? Right. Back uh, two years ago, it was about all about racism. We were so yeah. racist, and yeah, now well, we got to hate other countries like Russia. And you know what? I will say this. President Trump had the the balls to actually be the first president in our history to ever talk to North Korea. Oh, yeah. And did did you see any missiles going up during the Trump presidency? No, because because he he was considered a loose cannon by the international community. Right. Because they didn't know what his response would be. So they did not want to mess. They did not want to get on his bad side. There was that uh, that leader of uh, the Taliban mm-hmm. that, oh, yeah. that Trump talked to. And it, people got pissed off because he was talking to him. And, and he even said it when he had his rally in Georgia. He goes, look, I talked to him. He goes, who else am I going to talk to? He's an enemy. He says, I talked to him. I said, you really don't want to mess around with us. You really want to, you really don't want to do that. Yeah. He goes, we took a picture of his house and we sent it to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I get it. I get it. You know, and they say, well, you know, that, oh, that, he shouldn't have done that. Why not? Yeah. He, now he knows what he's got in the game. We got your house. We know where you live. Yeah. We've got it targeted. Kaboom. You know, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's how you fix things. And, and I believe that uh, a safe country is a, is a strong comf- country. Yeah, a strong country is a safe country right now. <laughs> and we could talk about our lack of leadership. We could talk about the, um, re- the required vaccinations that have gone absolutely sideways. The, the DMEDS, the Defense Department Medical Epidemiological Database System. Yep. That thing blew up mm-hmm. when they started pushing the vaccines in the military. Right. And it was so bad that whistleblowers went to an attorney named Thomas Renz, and he went in front of a congressional committee uh, chaired by, I think, Senator Ron Johnson out of Wisconsin, who himself is a family practice doctor, currently a doctor. Um. And then literally within days of that, all that information coming out, DOD went back in, 
fiddled with numbers in that database and said, oh, look, here, here's what the true numbers really are. There was a glitch in the system. <laughs> Just like there was a glitch in the voting system. Yeah. So, so you know, Scott, you talked about uh, the reset button. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, and, and I just want to say that uh, really love being back at the Brooklyn Beef, but there's been so much to uh, so oh many gosh, topics yeah. that, uh, you know, we kind of hit a little bit of everything today. Uh, yeah. And I think that's a good introduction for the next uh, next bunch of topics that we're going to bring up. But I, I agree. And we'll start we'll start narrow focusing on some things over the next several episodes. How about that? Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the reset and then, uh, we'll, we'll do our last thoughts of this, uh, whole thing. Okay. Where do you want to go with the great reset? I mean, the great reset, you can look at the world economic forum and the, um, Davos agenda. Yeah. Um, in Davos, Switzerland, that's where, George Soros, who is the primary financier of this whole thing, um, is. It's just... And when you look at the World Economic Forum website, it's all slick, looks good, great graphics. You know, all kinds of feel-good things. Well, those are built by intelligent individuals. Oh, very intelligent individuals. Um, now, oh my gosh, w- was there anything specific you wanted to get into? The <laughs> no, because, because that's a that's a huge topic in itself. It, it really is, and we should probably just do a podcast of a beef on that by itself. Yeah, we could do that. We so, do that. I mean, we could. I mean, honestly, I'd say let's go into our final thoughts, and then yeah. we'll go from there. So my final thoughts on this whole thing is um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very sorry for the people who are losing their lives over the people above in positions such as Putin, Biden, Ching Pi, is that? <laughs> Zelensky. Zelensky. And, uh, you know, all those people that are, that are uh, you know, behind the, the the puppet strings um and you know my father always taught me there's two types of people in this world good and bad again i said this before and i'll say it again has nothing to do with race religion faith or any of that it's good and evil and that's the two different types of people in this world yeah um I believe that we are, our country is in dire need of good leaders. We need good leaders and we need patriotic leaders. People that stand for the flag, kneel for God, and consider the American people first. So um, I hope that this next midterm election, we start to go in that direction and getting people uh, that will do what's right for this country as well as what's right for all the individuals in this country and not the ones coming over the border with uh, no papers or anything because my parents came here the right way. Right. 
So I agree wholeheartedly. Final thoughts for me. You can start, you look at everything on a local basis. And then as you expand out and you kind of get a satellite eye view of a situation at a local level, it's amazing how it grows to the same thing at the state level, the national level, and then the international level. And there are so many things where money is involved, where people have gotten insanely rich off of things like COVID. The Moderna, Pfizer, $21 billion in annual revenue just from the United States. They were a good because stock of to vaccines. have. They were a good stock to have. <laughs> they they were, and even even the head of Pfizer sold off a bunch of his stocks recently, because now all of a sudden the numbers were coming out about the reactions from the vaccines, and people are saying, "Whoa, time out! You're trying to push this on my kids. We have no idea what the long term effects are." Ixnay on the vaccine a so and you know the i think a lot of people are starting to wake up i think a lot of americans are starting to wake up i think a lot of parents are starting to wake up and realize that their kids are actually being indoctrinated in school systems not educated in school systems and that's a whole nother topic right there um just to kind of wrap things up when you start narrow focusing on one thing and you look at all the contributing factors to that problem those contributing factors lead to so many other things so many other problems and so many other created manufactured emergencies or crises that you have to truly stop and scratch your head and say who's benefiting from this someone somewhere is benefiting from this and we've got to stop. We have to stop. We have, like you said, we have to do what's good for this nation as a whole. We have to secure our border. We have to become energy independent again. And whether that's coal, oil, or nuclear and hydrogen, but we need to become the number one researcher and R&D research and development center for all these new energies. I mean, nuclear is not new, but yet places, countries around the world are shutting down their nuclear reactors, their nuclear facilities. And yet we're trying to let other countries get nuclear that have no business having nuclear. Iran. So I'm sorry. Just you, when you look at lo little local problems, and see what's causing them, seeing that they're being made by entities that are outside the local realm, you can't help but look at the bigger picture. So I'm looking forward to talking about a lot of this stuff down the road. I'm looking forward to touching on the education versus indoctrination issue in this country. I'm looking at talking about us being energy independent, not just using coal and oil and natural gas, but also nuclear and hydrogen, which we are still working on. There are companies that are still working on smaller, like almost neighborhood-sized nuclear reactors 
but those are still five, 10 years out. But if we would focus on those, we could, we could go green in a heartbeat, but not have to worry about solar panels and batteries, which are horrible for the environment. We could do it with clean, safe, nuclear American energy. That's right. Scott, thank you for your thoughts. I'm going to say one more thing that you brought up and I, you know, um, I don't want to forget it because we're getting older. <laughs> yeah. Chief, but, go figure. But our children, our children's future is at stake. Absolutely. I want you to think about this. And, and the, the news media never has mentioned this. Back in the day, 2019, 2020, when we got into lockdown and everything else because of COVID, what did they tell everybody and what did they say that they drilled it in our heads that kids were immune to this? Children were, were, uh, had an immune system that, that COVID couldn't attack. They pushed it. They told us over and over and over again that the children were not the problem. The problem was in people who were older and people who, who uh, immune systems were compromised, such as heart right. patients, uh, cancer patients, things like that. We, and we'll talk, we'll, we'll we'll talk do, about we'll, that. We'll do an episode on the statistics of right. Corona because I actually have a bunch of those. That's great. That I can pull up and it will just blow your mind. That's great. And, 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 and my point is this in that statement. Today, they wanted to tell you that the kids had to be face masked throughout school and everything else. That's another one of those lies that they pushed and pushed and pushed, and then they changed their narrative. Just mm-hmm. keep those things in mind. Again, oh, thank absolutely. you for tuning in to uh, TBMSradio.com's Brooklyn Beef, our podcast that can be uh, found anywhere. And uh, Scott, I wanted to thank you uh, for being a part of this and uh, I love you, brother. Love you too, my friend. You take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Brooklyn Beef Podcast. This is Brooklyn Mike, and thank you to my co-host, DJ Scott West. For more information about our podcast, please go to tbmsradio.com or go to any of your favorite podcast platform and check out the Brooklyn Beef.